0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Football Takeover podcast. It doesn't have a name right now. We'll find a name, and hopefully we'll find a sponsor before too long. I am Football Takeover because, well, I am. I'm John Harris. Footballtakeover.com is where you can find all my great work as it pertains to college football and the NFL draft. And I sat down in front of my computer. I was like, you know what? I got an idea. I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to write out my top 15 quarterbacks NFL draft style. Now, if I did it just based on college football, I would include Caleb Williams, Jackson Dart, more than likely, uh, and maybe others. But this is about the NFL draft, so you won't hear those names. The This is just about the top 15 NFL draft prospects for 2023. Now, I caveat that with will they all declare for the draft? We don't know that. But, Anybody three years and beyond, I am going to take into consideration right here. How about that? Now, there are a few guys that didn't make the top 15. I put them in the also receiving votes category. Got some dual threat candidates. You got some pocket guys. So let's hit on those guys that are outside the top 15 in the dual threat candidate category. Bo Nix from Oregon. Came through Auburn. I think Bo has had a really nice start and comeback, if you will, after that opener against Georgia. That really got me worried from just a number of different aspects. Really worried about facing that speed, and it was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. It was his first game at Oregon, first game with Kenny Dillingham, offense coordinator. But since that point, Bo Nix has probably had as good a turnaround as anybody could have. In that first game, he faced Stetson Bennett, from Georgia he also is a dual threat candidate also receiving votes stetson's got the arm he's got the he's got the nuts he's got the speed he can be a dual threat quarterback in the nfl and stick around for a long time now he's shorter than most he doesn't have quite the experience i guess as some of the others do he wasn't relied upon in 2021 in fact a lot of people thought georgia was winning in spite of him in 2021 But then he has that Game of National Championship where he throws the ball to A.D. Mitchell, comes back in 2022, and I think he's been slinging it and slinging it pretty well. Um, I don't know that I would say the numbers are overwhelming, but I don't think the numbers are going to tell the story truly about Stetson Bennett and him moving on to the NFL. I think what you see with him, a guy that is going to make key plays that you could use maybe in a multitude of ways, uh, Stetson Bennett on the list. Talia Tungavailoa, Maryland also in this list. Man, I gave a lot of consideration to put in Tungavailoa's younger brother Talia on this list. A few more interceptions that I want, but he's thrown for over 1,400 yards uh, in five games. This guy has been lighting it up on the stat sheet. Again, kind of similar to Stetson and also to Bo. A little shorter. Bo's I think 6'2", 6'3". Talia is 6'0", just like Stetson. I think Stetson might be under six foot, But Good arm. I think a very plus arm for Tug of I think he's very interesting in this draft debate. Would he make the top 15 down the road? Potentially. Potentially. And a guy I like at Oklahoma State is Spencer Sanders. Now, I think Sanders is a better runner than he's a thrower, but we've seen guys like that evolve. We've seen Jalen Hurts evolve. Uh, So Spencer's in the also-receiving votes category. So pocket guys that I don't know that I absolutely love – but I do think they've got an opportunity to get to the NFL. Aiden O'Connell at Purdue, although he's got the worst mustache known to mankind, he can fill up a statue. There's no doubt. He's thrown uh, for 1,100 yards. He throws for almost 300 yards a game, 299.8. Uh, he's truly a pocket guy. But he makes pretty good decisions. Not always pristine, but pretty good decisions. And Keaton Slovis out of pit got dinged up in one of the games this year, the transfer from USC. And I, I just worry about Slovis just from arm strength perspective. Uh, will he be able to drive those throws? Is he going to be another Nathan Peterman? I worry about that, so that's why he ends up in the also receiving votes. All right, so let's get to our top fifteen, and we'll go in reverse order, and we're starting at fifteen with a guy that's actually injured right now, and I think maybe because of the injury, maybe I'm shying away from it a little bit, and I don't know that ultimately started the season as he has in the past, but I love this guy, even though he's right at six foot. I think he's got a whip for an arm. Right, that's Jake Hainer from out of Fresno State. I think this guy I would trust, I mean, at all times. He is 4-1. He's got four touchdowns, one interception. Had the loss to Oregon State. To Oregon State had to come from behind and get that win. But it wasn't because Jake Hainer was not playing well. I love him on the move. I like him in the pocket. He's got a lot of receivers to throw to there, but he get, distributes the ball very, very well. I don't know what the injury will tell me and tell us. But right now, Jake Hayner, I've got at number 15. Number 14 is a guy that I did not have in the Harris 100 or even also receiving votes, but I did consider. And that's Dorian Thompson Robinson from out of UCLA. He comes in at number 14. Now, he is almost perfect on the year, throwing just one interception. He's throwing 11 touchdowns. He is the epitome of dual threat. He was fantastic against Washington. Fantastic. In fact, he hasn't thrown an interception since the opening week of the season against Bowling Green. He was a receiver in high school up until his final year. Then he took over as a quarterback, got an opportunity going back to UCLA was the smartest thing. I think Dorian Thompson-Robinson I would put with Arrow going up at UCLA. Number 13, and I I struggled with this one a little bit because I see people that are like, yeah, this guy's a top 10 lock. I see other people saying, yeah, this is the guy that – Uh, I could see being a a first-rounder, and I I don't see it, guys. I really don't see the love for Tanner McKee, but I've got him at 13. I watched him in about four or five games of the last couple years, and I just don't see it. Eight touchdowns, four interceptions in four games. Uh, He completes 65% of his passes. He is a tall quarterback, drops down a little bit, three-quarters with his arm motion, but he does a lot of his work and in, in productive work when they've been behind. I'll never forget seeing you know, the games. And I'm like, man, where's McKee? And all of a sudden, fourth quarter, they're down, and he throws a dime in the end zone. I'm like, where's that been? So I'm I'm conflicted. So I put him at number 13, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. Number 12 is a guy that I copped to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I copped him because the size is almost the same. The arm slot, the arm throws, all the different things that Cam Ward from Washington State, what he has and what he does, I see a lot of Jimmy Garoppolo. And Ward is a guy that can run when he has to. Same with Jimmy. But he moves so that he can find receivers down the field. He always keeps his eyes down the field. I think his accuracy can be off at times. And that worries me a little bit. But that air raid offense, there's a lot of horizontal to it. But when he does throw the ball on the field, he's got excellent arm strength. He's got good accuracy down the field. I like me some Cam Ward at Washington State, and I got him right now at number 12. And number 11, guy struggled a little bit in the game against A&M, and obviously he struggled against Alabama. It's Alabama. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to happen. But I think K.J. Jefferson is a guy to watch coming out of Arkansas, 6'4", 245, big. I mean, his favorite player apparently was Cam Newton growing up. I don't quite see Cam Newton. I think he's more a little bit pumped up Jalen Hurts. Now, the key when comparing a player to Jalen Hurts is the fact that Jalen got better once he got to the league. So can K.J. Jefferson do that? He can make whatever throw he is asked to make. He's not asked to throw the ball a ton. He had to throw it the most against uh, Missouri State. And in that game against Missouri State, he threw 31 times. So he's not asked to really carry Arkansas's offense through the air. But he compl- he's very accurate with football. 61, 61- 66% of his passes. He's 9-1 touchdown interception ratio. He's going to take care of the football when he's throwing it. The only interception came against Missouri State. He has not thrown an interception against Cincinnati, South Carolina, AM, and Alabama all year long. Now, he's really not aired it out much. and doesn't throw the ball down the field a ton. So that's going to be something that he's going to have to do uh, a little bit more in his career to really get a team to say, you know what? That Arkansas, Kendall Brown's offense, I want to see more downfield shots. Um, I want to see him more be more accurate. When he does take shots, he's got some receivers, and he shows the arm strength. I just want to see a little bit more of that. I want to see him more, be more consistent in the middle of the field, with those intermediate uh, dig throws. I got KJ Jefferson at number 11. and number 10, and really, I'm a little bit uh, in between on this one for one reason, and that's because I don't know what exactly Sam Hartman was going through at the beginning of the season. He missed the first game. I think it was the first game of the year. He missed that first game. Uh, didn't play in a game against VMI, and it was it was a medical issue, and th- no, that's all we really got was it was a medical issue. Now Sam has had some medical issues. If you watch QB One on Netflix, you know that Sam. I think it was a car accident that Sam got in. I believe that's what it was, and it was boy, it was oh wow. I mean, just just thinking about it, but he had to have surgery uh, when he was in high school. He set all kinds of records uh, at Davidson Day School. Then he followed his coach. Uh, down in South Carolina, had a great senior year. Then he went to Wake and started day one. And he has ascended. I think he's really taken to Dave Clawson's offense. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but I don't know that I I, I lose too much sleep that. He's six one two ten, 210. Sturdy. He will run the football on that slow mesh read, but he makes really good decisions with the football. He challenges down the field. He is unflappable in the pocket. He will get out of the pocket and make throws down the field, He'll find open receivers. He'll run when he has to. I love everything about Sam Hartman. In four games, he's 15-2. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. And the only reason he's at number 10 is I just don't have a good feel for what it was he was dealing with. And as a scout, I'd want to know. And if I'm in that area, I mean, I want to know everything about Sam Hartman because I think Sam could be a guy that sticks around in the NFL for a while. A long while. I mean, to me there's kind of a you know kind of a Tyrod Taylor Andy Dalton kind of mix if you mix those two together that would be Sam but I think he's a better thrower than both those guys were but like size-wise really got out of the pocket I think he kind of kind of is the in the mold of those two guys so Sam Hartman from Wake Forest is number 10 number 9 is a guy that gosh I every time I watch him I feel like this guy I am I, am I just not giving him enough love because I I love the guy and that's Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Whether you love the mullet, love the mustache, whatever it is, I just feel like he might be the most consistent quarterback in all of football. 14 touchdowns through the air this year in five games. He only has one interception. Ironically, it came against Gardner-Webb. He runs an offense that demands precision in footwork. I mean, there are spins and there are fake option plays. There's fake option one way, throw it back the other. There are all kinds of of things that he is asked to do in an offense. So I'm curious how that translates to an NFL offense. But I think if anybody's going to do it, I think he can't. I think he is good size at 6'3", 215. I think ball placement, feet, all those things that you want, he's got it. I'm not really sure that he doesn't have the tools you're looking for. Now, does he have a howitzer of an arm? No, but it's a it's a plus arm. Not a great arm. I mean, he's not Josh Allen type, but he can make every throw that he'll be asked to make at the NFL level. He's run for three touchdowns, ran it uh, 39 times this year for 125 yards. So he's got that part of his game too. He will run it when he gets out of the pocket. He will get out of the pocket, and he will throw and find receivers down the field. So he make many big plays against BYU uh, a couple of years ago. That COVID game they set up was fantastic. He made one play where he got out of the pocket. BYU, whoop, and he floated it down the field to – uh, his receiver, big, big play in that game. So he's got that ability. Grayson McCall at number nine. And number eight is arguably the hottest quarterback to me that people just refuse to talk about for whatever reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because they got housed at Oregon and it really wasn't even his fault. And that's BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. Six foot one, 205 pounds, completes 70% of his passes. He's 12-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. He has been fantastic. He threw one interception at South Florida the first game. Since then, he has been 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. Even in in the uh, game at Oregon, he had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Baylor, he had a touchdown. Now, he didn't throw it as well that night, but he's also got the ability to get out of the pocket uh, and make plays, which I think you look at him, and I I comped him to – a Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray mix. I think it was kind of the way that I. I think that's what I put for him. But he's kind of a maybe it's maybe it's better Derek Carr and I don't know. I just get a Derek Carr kind of vibe, like Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. God, if you could ever do that, um, he's he's that guy. I think Jaron Hall is going to surprise a lot of people, and I could see Jaron Hall being that guy that teams draft early in the third round. And all of a sudden, he just impresses, like Russell Wilson. Like, he impresses them. Like, we didn't know this guy was that good. But leader, um, everything you want in a quarterback. Now, he's a little bit older. I think he's 24 right now. So, that's always something you got to keep an eye on. So, Jaron Hall comes at number eight. Number seven, the man with the cannon, the man with the tools, the man with the traits. But it's confounding. And what do you do with Anthony Richardson from out of Florida? There have been games like Utah against Utah fantastic you walk out of there going that's a top 10 pick that's a top 15 pick look at him run oh my god the arm strength and you watch him against Kentucky and you're like oh man what are you Anthony what are you what are you doing here two picks one pick sick cost him the game it's been that sort of ride all year with Anthony Richardson now if you think back to Josh Allen and that's the player I comped him to And there's probably some team going, well, I'd take Josh Allen. Remember, Josh went through some serious hiccups the first couple years until he got it right, the COVID season. He got Stephon Diggs. He kind of eliminated all of that Wyoming stuff, and he was off and running. Can Anthony Richardson do that? That's the question. He's at number seven. And number six, the lefty from Washington. He was not on my Harris 100. In fact, and I'll be honest, I was actually looking for other Washington players this summer. And I wanted to watch the spring game to see if some of those guys had come back from injuries. And I'm watching. I'm like, man, who's this lefty? That looks like Penix from Indiana. It's Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana, transferred to Washington. And he has just gone crazy. You see the arm strength is there. And you don't have to flip the camera and make him a righty, all that kind of stuff. Penix has all the arm strength. Andre Ware called the game, UCLA, Washington, even a losing effort. In studying Penix leading up to that game and watching him that night, Dre just said, this guy's got everything you want in a quarterback. He's a lefty. He's averaging nine point one yards per attempt. He's throwing for over seventeen hundred yards in five games, sixteen touchdowns and three interceptions. Michael Penix comes in at number six. Number five, and I thought about this guy the entire time I was putting together my Harris one hundred because I just had an inkling. With Tony Scott excuse me, Tony Elliott going Tony Scott used to be Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott running the Clemson offense. Well Jeff Scott went down to USF. Tony Elliott stayed In 2021 at Clemson. And that was not good for DJ Uyunglele. And it's not been good for Brennan Armstrong. In fact, I took and will take Brennan Armstrong out of my Harris 100. Even though I think Brennan Armstrong can play in the league. But it just hasn't translated to that offense. Well, Elliott, when we went to Virginia, Brandon Streeter took over as the offensive coordinator at Clemson. That's been everything to DJ. Everything. He went off in the game against Wake. I mean, off. He's only thrown one interception. He's completing 65 plus percent of his passes he runs the rock a ton quarterback run game uh is i mean he's carried it 55 times in five games he really didn't play all that much against Furman, so he can tote it he can throw it he has sprayed it that was 2021 it just looked like a guy without confidence that to me is what it looked like he did not look like he had confidence and that really eroded his season but he is bouncing back and continues to. I am not all the way there. Because if he gets to max level like he was at Bosco, California, he'll be in the top three. Not there yet. Is that five. DJ Uyungle-Lite from Clemson. Number four might be a surprise. Now, I had him at number 80 in my original Harris 100. I remember writing that thinking, boy, I could be too low on, on this guy. And that's Hendon Hooker from out of Tennessee. And I think I am. I think he's been fantastic. He's got great footwork in the pocket. I love his release. Um, I love all the throws that he can make. That game against Florida, when they're backed up right before the half, and he drops an absolute dime down the field where his receiver has got to lay out, but it's, a sh- it's one of those where he can lay out to make sure he's got the catch when it's just a well-thrown ball. He took over that, that uh, Florida game, and Richardson was great in that Florida game. Hooker was better. He's completing 72% of his passes through four games, he's eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He gets out of the pocket when he needs to. He has good pocket presence, but when he gets out of the pocket, he's going to throw the football. He can run, but at Virginia Tech, I just kind of thought, yeah, okay. He's Jag. He's just a guy. He's not that. He's number four, and I could see teams at the back end of the first round going, you know what? Henning Hooker is going to be my guy. And number three, the rifleman from Kentucky, Will Levis. And Here's the deal with Will. There's so much to love. His guts. I mean, dude's got nuts, man. I mean, he's got nuts. He'll take hits. He'll make that key run on third and one. I've seen him over the past. uh, On third and one, when they need it, he's the guy they rely on. The other day against Ole Miss, third and two. He gets those two yards. But here's the bat. He fumbled the ball. It was the decision to dive and, and open himself up to a big hit. It was holding the ball too long late in the game against Ole Miss. And that's the frustrating thing with Will Levis. I cannot go all in on a guy at number one or two until the decision-making gets a little bit better. I think he's got to get just calm, calm down a little bit, calm the game down a little bit. And At that point, starts executing at that level, I think Will Levis is going to end up being a guy that some teams will have one or two on their board. For me, he's three. And number two, C.J. Stroud from out of Ohio State. I copped him to Joe Burrow this offseason in my Harris one hundred. And the reason why was ball placement. His ball placement. I don't care who he throw to. Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Ameka, Abuka. He's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. Kate Stover, it doesn't matter. He's got all these receivers. Those guys are re- very good. He makes them look even better because of where he puts the ball, the opportunity for those guys to catch and run. Same thing like a number of these guys. He gets out of the pocket, but it's out of the pocket to throw. The throw against Notre Dame where he's rolling right down the field, I mean, just sublime. The only reason that at number one is Bryce Young, the difference to me is that Young in the fourth quarter, I want him. Now, that is not meant that C.J. Stroud can't do it in the fourth quarter. He just hasn't had to. Bryce Young has had to for multiple reasons, and he's performed. Auburn last year, that won him to Heisman. They're not doing anything. And he goes 98 yards. He, he pulled that one out of his backside. The dime for a touchdown down in the right corner of the end zone at Auburn. The throw to Mechie in overtime to get the win. Against Texas, he shakes off a corner cat blitz that had him dead to rights. Gets a first down, sets up the game-winning field goal. In the fourth quarter, down by four, game is on the line. I want Bryce Young with the ball in his hands. All the other things about playing quarterback, he's got that. But that in the fourth quarter. Now the injury to his AC joint, we'll see. Don't know what that's going to mean uh, in this A and M game this weekend or going forward. But that's how I have it: one Bryce Young, two CJ Stroud, three Will Levis, four-handed Hooker, five DJ Uyunglele, six Michael Penix Jr., seven Anthony Richardson, eight jaren Hall BYU, nine Grayson McCall Coastal Carolina, ten Sam Hartman Wake Forest, eleven KJ Jefferson Arkansas, twelve Cam Ward Washington State. 13, Tanner McKee, Stanford. 14, DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, UCLA. And 15, Jake Hainer from out of Fresno State. All right, that's going to do it for this 2023 NFL Draft Top 15 Quarterback Podcast right here on footballtakeover.com. Make sure you check out footballtakeover.com every single day. I got stuff going up. I'm going to have videos coming up a little bit uh, very soon. Now that I've kind of figured it out, more podcasts right here for you. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you next time. Let's go.